0: Hey, good morning, Valley family. Wasn't that a great little rewind on the daddy-daughter dance right there? Let's give it up for Karen and her team. Phenomenal. Just a fantastic event. Looks like the dads might have enjoyed it even more than the daughters. Just saying. And in case you're wondering, moms... Uh, we did ask the boys if they wanted uh, a mom son dance. They said no. They'd rather have a game night. Honest, that's the honest truth. They're like, we'd rather have a game night instead. So we tried. We tried, mamas. We we really did. Uh, so there's a, a boys game night coming up instead of the mother-son dance. You just have to wait till they get married to have that dance, ladies. Uh, but uh, we are kicking off a, a brand new series today called Warrior. I'm excited about it. I haven't preached in three weeks, and I'm afraid I'm a little rusty. Uh, you know, I'm trying to remember how does this thing go. Oh, wait, I have 30 years of experience. I better get it done. But uh, we're, we're looking at uh, really... Uh, the heart of a warrior. I think in every single one of us, we have a heart of a warrior. It's just how do we train that heart and and release that heart? And that's what we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks, primarily in the book of Joshua. Now, we're not going like verse by verse through the the book or anything, but but kind of like uh, big events just to see how God made this ordinary man uh, named Joshua into really, to this day, one of the most brilliant military strategists and tacticians, an incredible warrior. And and he was the one that, that really came after Moses in leading the nation of Israel. Israel is today what it is today because of Joshua because he was this incredible warrior that took uh, literally the promised land, the land that God had promised, and and this ragtag nation that that was really a whole migrant nation to to really take the area that God had promised to them. And and, you know, I think every single one of us, we really want to be kind of like strong and fearless. Uh, I I know I'm kind of dating myself, but I remember as a kid. Uh, some of you know my story. I grew up in, in Georgia. We lived in Georgia until I was five years old. And then we moved up here actually to Hopewell Junction. But, but I remember when I was like four or five years old, the big show for, for like young boys like me was Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. I'm not talking about the cartoon. I mean the actual Batman and Robin. And so my brother, I have two older brothers. My brother Scott was Batman. And he had the cool costume, you know, with all these belts and all. And that was the one where it would go, pow, biff, boom, you, you know, and all that. And he was Batman, and I was Robin. And I had the most awesome cape I I mean, I had this yellow cape and just kind of like the Lone Ranger mask. That was it. And Robin just say, holy guacamole, Batman. You know, everything was holy this, holy that. And and in our backyard, we had, and I've never seen anything like this since, we had this thing called the Tower House in in our backyard in Brunswick, Georgia. It was a a platform. I don't know if my dad made this on his own or what. It was a platform that that, uh, basically was about four feet off the ground, and it had a pole right through the middle of it, like a fireman's pole. And we could climb up on that and then slide down the bat pole. And, and this was before kids had to wear helmets or there were such things as like padding and stuff like that. Uh, I think it was actually concrete underneath it. And, and uh, we hit our heads several times on the concrete. Probably explains a lot about who I am today. But, but I, I remember just like that whole, I put that cape on and I would put that mask on. And I was just fearless, which by the way, I'm still waiting for men's fashion to bring back the cape. I think there is something really, you, you got to be a man wearing a cape. That's all I'm saying. But, but it, how, how many of you, maybe it wasn't Batman and Robin, but how many of you when you were younger played like you were some sort of superhero? Let me see your hands. Yeah, oh, see, isn't that amazing? I think there's something inside of us that really, that's who we want to be. We want to be courageous. We want to be brave. We want to be fearless. But then life happens. And it kind of steals something from us. And that's what this whole series is about. Because I think if there's ever a time in the day and age we live where God is looking for men and women alike to be mighty warriors for him, for the cause of Christianity, for the Christian faith. I think it's today. And so that's what we're going to look at over the next few weeks in this Warrior Series. I, want, I already want to go ahead and invite you back next week, okay? Because next week, we're going to look at a woman who was a mighty warrior, that one of the greatest victories that, that the nation of Israel ever won all hinged on this incredible woman with a really checkered past. And God used her mightily. And and still today, in a lot of expressions of Christianity, women are pushed down. They're they're kind of eliminated. They're kind of like, you you can be silent, you know, be be seen but not heard. There's only one problem with that. We're going to go deep into it next week. The Bible and church history say the opposite. Jesus elevated women in a culture that diminished and demeaned women. And there are huge segments of the Christian Church today that still diminish and demean women, but that's not the church you came to this morning. We we want to see what does the Bible actually say about women in ministry, women that are really warriors for the faith. And so I'm not going to get into that message anymore, but I just want to invite you back next week, because you may have heard something that is the total opposite of what the Bible actually says and what church history makes very very plain. And so I want to jump into now there's this story of Joshua, because right on the front end, I want to talk about courage, because you know it takes it takes a, a lot to be the follow-up guy, the next guy after a great leader like Moses, one of the greatest leaders there's ever been in human history, and Joshua followed in his footsteps, and he needed courage. Now my notes are on our website, you can follow along with me. But but every warrior needs courage. Look at Joshua chapter 1, first chapter. God is speaking to Joshua. And, And look at what he says. See if something jumps out at you here. Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 through 9. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. God promised the ancestors of Joshua, the nation of Israel. I'm going to give you this geographical location on the map. God made that promise to Israel. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. How many would like that? Be successful wherever you go. God's going to give us a key right here. This is how you and I can be successful in everything we do wherever we go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. You hear a theme here? Three times God says this to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, a couple weeks ago, we were having some tech issues and some things like that, and I kind of felt like at 9 o'clock that, that, that I was losing the attention uh, of you, I, I was losing the attention of of, of the church, and, and so I kind of flipped back into this coaching mode, uh, and, and I said, "Help me! I want to coach you up." And, and I said, "Help me uh, as a coach." There's one thing we used to do: I'd say three claps, and everyone would go one, two, three. There you go. See, some people are on it right now, and and, and I'm glad because I want to coach you up on how to be a warrior. All right, starting today. So, three claps. Three claps. Three claps. All right, you ready? I'm going to, what every warrior needs to know, and just be ready on those three claps, okay? Someone said, I, you need to do this every week. Not every week, but I'll do it, I'll do it often. Just to, What a warrior needs to know. There's three things that every warrior needs to know. Here's the first one. You cannot be a warrior without courage. It's impossible. It's impossible to be God's mighty man of faith and power for the hour, or God's mighty woman, faith and power for the hour, if you lack courage. Now, isn't it interesting that God tells Joshua three times, be strong and courageous? Why is that? Because that's something God can't even do for someone. You can pray to have courage. God won't do that. God told him, you have to make the choice. Choose courage. Courage. Does that mess with any of you like it does me? God, wasn't, God didn't say, I'm going to give you courage. God said three times, choose courage. You've got to decide, Joshua, because things are going to come into your life, Joshua. There are going to be situations and circumstances in your life, and I can't put it in your heart. You've got to decide, you've got to choose it, and you've got to release it in your heart. Be strong and courageous. So many times I think in my life, there are things that I ask God to do for me, and he's like, no, you're going to have to do that yourself. God, make me brave. We're going to talk about next week the importance of preparation. Every warrior has incredible preparation. you got to prepare before you go into a battle. you got to be prepared that's next week. You you, you can pray, God, prepare me. He's like, no, you prepare yourself. (laughs) That's on you. One of the things I often tell our staff is when when we're coming into like a big, huge weekend, and last weekend was just monumental, connects this weekend, which by the way, if you weren't here for 1030, the message from John Kelly, I highly, highly encourage you to go listen to that on our archive. I felt like that was a prophetic word for our church. It was powerful. It was, it was, a, it was a turning point in our church. And, and you've probably never heard me say anything like that before, because I've never said anything like that before. That, that's how powerful I thought that was, about who we are as a church. But when we're putting together, you know, an event, a daddy-daughter connectus or anything like that, one, one, my, my mantra, one of my mantras to, to our church to our staff is, we're going to do everything that we can do. And then we're going to trust God to do what only he can do. See, I I, I think so many times we pray and we ask God, will you do for me what I can actually do for myself? And he's like, no. And that's what the case is when it comes to courage. Three times he says, be strong and courageous. If it was just something supernaturally he could do for Joshua. He would have done it, but Joshua had to make the choice. You cannot be a warrior without courage, and it's a choice that I have to make and you have to make. You you can't make that choice for your child. You can't make that choice for your spouse or a friend. You got to make it for yourself. In fact, right now, I'm just wondering if we could say together out loud, today I choose courage. All right, you ready? On the count of three, and just knock me off this stage so loud. One, two, three. Today I choose courage. Now say it like you believe it. Today I choose courage. Three claps. Three claps. Three claps. Here's the second thing that every warrior needs to know. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's choosing to live by faith in spite of it. See, see in my mind, I think that, that in order to be courageous, it means I have no fear. That's not true at all. Every warrior is afraid. They just don't allow that fear to keep them paralyzed where they are. Let me just say that again. Every warrior has fear. They just don't allow that fear to keep them paralyzed where they are. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's choosing to live by faith in spite of the fear, in spite of it. You know, sometimes one of the greatest fears that humans have, humanity has, is public speaking, doing what I'm doing right now. I mean, this is absolutely terrifying for a lot of people. And you may look at me and like, well, it doesn't look like you're afraid, you know, at all. Listen, I'm afraid every single time I walk out here, every single time. In fact, and I know maybe the online campus isn't going to be able to pick it up, but right out, right by this door, there's a little sign right here there it is. I just tore it down. And I always have a moment by myself after Chris sets it up. And, and Susie and I love it when Susie's the MC because I get a little smoochy right backstage there. Just kind of like lightning down to my toes. But uh, she's my favorite MC, no doubt about it. But, but here's the sign that, that before I walk out, I always put my hand on this sign. I had my assistant create this for me. There's one in my office as well. I put my hand on, my, on the sign. And I say, be with me now be with me now, be with me now. You know why? Because I'm afraid. And the sign says, it's a privilege to be on this stage. God, thank you for choosing me. And it just reminds me, I'm not walking out on stage by myself. He's with me. See, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm afraid this week after three weeks I haven't preached. But... but Courage is not the absence of fear. It's choosing to live by faith in spite of it. And so I'm by nature and temperament a very, very shy, introverted person. What you see on Sunday morning is God, his power through Greg. But he wouldn't give me the courage if I stood backstage and was like, okay, until you drop courage in me, I'm not going to do anything. I'm afraid. But I'm not going to let that fear hold me back. And I'm going to need to have that tape back up uh, backstage for our next service there. The difference between a warrior and a coward is a warrior decides to act and a coward decides to stand still. That's the difference between a warrior and a coward. A warrior decides to act, and a coward decides to stand still. Nelson Mandela, great leader in South Africa, put it so eloquently this way. He said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. That's real courage where do you need to take a step forward today when it comes to being courageous to act in faith instead of fear maybe it's in sharing your faith with someone else maybe it's in putting god first in your finances maybe it's to take a step in your spiritual growth maybe it's to start every single day with jesus in his word Where is the step that you need to take, that that fear is holding you back from the fullness of all that God has for you? For for years and years and years, well, 18 to be specific, 18 years, I allowed fear to hold me back from my destiny. And and, and I just, I'm kind of embarrassed to even say that, But, but I'm just trying to be real and open and honest with you. When Susie and I got married, Susie uh, actually had a bachelor's degree. We met in Bible college, and she has a bachelor's degree in missiology. She she wanted to be a missionary. And and her plan was to remain single all her life and and go to Germany as a missionary. God knew I was so messed up, I needed my own personal missionary. I'm a mission field. God brought us together. And, and, And after we were married, I told her, I was like, listen, I just want to like, let you know something. I am never stepping foot outside the United States. She's like, what? I was like, I'm not doing it. Don't ask me to. I'm never leaving like the continental United States. And for 18 years, she never said anything. She just prayed. By the way, be careful if you've got a praying spouse. If your spouse prays, just, just watch out. Your life will change, no doubt about it. And I started getting invitation after invitation to go to these faraway countries to speak, to preach, to teach. And I was like, I'll pray about that. And in my mind, I was like, no. I'll pray about that. And in my mind, I'm going, no. I'll pray about that. And in my mind, I'm going, there ain't no way I'm going there. And then after 18 years, God just changed something in my heart. And a dear friend of ours, Dwayne Luss, Dwayne and Janice, Dwayne now is with the Lord, passed away about a year ago. He invited us to come to Kiev, Ukraine, of all places. And I said, okay, I'll do that to teach in the Bible college there, to, to teach and train some leaders there in Kiev, Ukraine. And I agreed to do that. But I was so scared, I didn't want to go by myself. So Susie came with me and our three daughters as well, the whole family, all five of us. And, and that, that trip, I had to stare in the face, and I won't go into all the story, but there are three main fears that I had about ever leaving the United States. All three of them, I had to stare down and walk through. All three specific fears while on that trip. It was crazy, and I just had to push my way through it. And then very incidental, this is back in 2008, as we were coming back from teaching in a church, back to the apartment that we were renting for the two weeks we were there, I bumped into someone in the hallway, and this one, this one guy in the hallway who was leaving the apartment had been meeting with Dwayne and Janice, and he said, hi, what's your name? And Dwayne introduced us, and he said, you're a pastor? I was like, yes. He goes, would you come and speak at my church? And I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, why not? Dwayne had told me, don't ever say yes to anyone over here unless you're going to actually keep your word, because that's everything. Little did I know this chance meeting in the hallway was with a pastor named Yuri Semenyuk and his wife, Oksana. Their church in Tiraspol, Transnistria is now our sister church. And, and we've seen God just do so much, grow that church from 50 to literally just two weeks ago, they had over 1,000 people in their services. 1,000 people. And I think God deserves all the glory for that. And Yuri got upset. With me. Yuri was here last weekend. We showed a little update from their church. Yuri's very upset with me because he said, Greg, when are you coming again? I said, when the war is over. And he got like really upset. He's like, that's too long. You need to come sooner. I was like, ah, I'll pray about it. No. But anyway, <laughs> because it's very, it's very dangerous when there's not a war. It's, it's even more dangerous now. But, but God just knitted our hearts together And that never would have happened. We have hundreds, not just, we have hundreds and hundreds. As we showed that video last week, I'm like, I was emotional. So many of those people are dear friends. We love them. And, And Valley Christian Church, the Valley family, you've made a huge impact. Like you'll never know this side of eternity, what you've done. And it all would have been completely missed if I didn't face my fears after 18 years. I'm sorry, courage doesn't mean there's no fear. The the, the courageous person, the warrior, acts anyway, even though they're fearful. The coward lets their fear curb their courage. What is the next step that, that you feel like God's saying, it's time, it's time. Maybe it hasn't been 18 years, maybe it's been 18 months it's time. It's time to take that step. See, every warrior's greatest fear is failure. That, that's the thing that a warrior fears the most, is, is I, I'll step out, but, but I may not be victorious. It is not the fear of I'm not going to step out. Every greatest warrior is, you know what? I may not win, but I am going to step out. I'm not going to stay put. Every warrior's greatest pain is regret from the battles that they should have fought, but instead they stood in fear. Every warrior's greatest fear is failure. Every warrior's greatest pain is regret. You have to rise above the fear of failure or you'll always have the pain of regret in this life third thing every warrior must know. Three claps. Three claps. Three claps. Courage comes from using the sword of God. I'm talking about this, God's word. The Bible says of itself, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Courage comes. That's why when we ignore this, we find ourselves full of fear. That's why it's so important to prioritize God's word in our daily life. Look at it again, just going back to Joshua 1 through 7. God said to him, be strong and courageous. Be careful to to obey all of the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always on your lips, always on your lips and in the center of your life. Meditate on it day and night. Some of us have a hard time meditating on it more than once a week. But God said, if you'll meditate on his word day and night, everything you do will be prosperous and successful. Isn't that crazy that God says, all you got to do is this. You will be prosperous and successful if you meditate on my word day and night and night. And I think he also is kind of like bookends. He's also saying the afternoon would be a good idea too. It's like all throughout the day, just meditate on his word day and night. And then he goes on and says, let it always be on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. In other words, it's not just by reading it. It's actually what? Doing what it says. Actually doing what it says. When we say, "God, I recognize this is a sword. Your word is a sword. The, the, think about even the armor of God, the only offensive weapon in the armor of God in the book of Ephesians is the sword. The sword of the spirit, The, the word is the only offensive weapon that we have as a warrior in the Christian faith, God's word. When Jesus was tempted three times by Satan, he never once said, no, that's a bad idea. I'm not going to do that. What did he say in response to every temptation? It is written. And by the way, he didn't look it up on the Bible app either. He had it in his heart. King David said, your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. I'm all for Bible apps and all that. I, I use one every single morning because I learn a lot better, even better than reading by hearing someone say it. So I have it read the, the Bible to me every single morning. It's a way that I've learned I can hide God's Word in my heart. Day and night, that everything, to be careful to do everything written in, and then you will be prosperous and successful. A number of months ago, I was preaching. I was just kind of like getting passionate about it, and I just challenged everyone in our church to read through the Bible in one year. And you know what? I'm not saying I was expecting this or anything like that. There's one man in the church, every time he finishes another book of the Bible, he sends me a text. He's like, just want to let you know. Moving on to Galatians. Just want to let you know. I'm in Second Timothy. Just want to let you know. I can see the end of sight. And it's changing him. The Bible is, year after year, it is the number one bestseller of all time. Every single year, there are more Bibles sold than any other book. And so much so, that they don't even put it on the bestseller list anymore. We, we have this before. Think about it. When, when God said this to Joshua, the book of the law, all they had was the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Joshua is the sixth book. He's living in it. Just those five first books, which is referred to as the Pentateuch, that's all that he had. And he was like, if you just focus on those five, how about us? We've got the Gospels. We've got the New Testament. We've got Jesus. How many of us in the middle of a spiritual war, we leave our sword at home? We leave our sword in the sheath. God said so strong, meditate, may it be on your lips, day and night, that you may be careful to do everything written in it, and then you will be prosperous and successful. So let me ask you this question today. What is one thing that you would do today in following Jesus if you didn't have fear? What's one thing that if fear was not an issue, you say, I would do that? Because here's a hint for you. That's why I told the story about meeting Yuri and 18 years ago. Fear is an obstacle in your path keeping you from your destiny. That's what fear is. I'm afraid to be up in front of people. But if I had not conquered it, I never would be a pastor. Fear was an obstacle in my path to keep me from ever going to Eastern Europe. When now we have a sister church, thousands of people making a huge, huge impact. Fear. It's almost like I've learned in my life, and I'm not saying that I'm fearless, but I choose to be courageous in the face of fear. When fear comes, you know what? You don't give in to fear. You push against fear. When I was coaching high school football, we had this this statement, fight pressure. When you feel uh, 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 someone on the other team pushing you this way, guess what? The play's coming right there. When they're trying to push you away, that's where the action is right there. That's what fear does. Fear tries to push us away. Be afraid, be afraid. That's where I need to be, right over here. I need to fight that fear with courage. I need to step into the destiny that God has prepared for you, that God has prepared for me. Then you'll be prosperous and you're successful. What's one thing, one step, one action that you need to take if you didn't have fear. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7, very interesting, the apostle Paul is really the Holy Spirit is speaking through him. This is God's words himself. And look at what he says to a young pastor of all people, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Do you understand what the Bible says there? Fear is a demonic spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. That spirit comes from someplace else, from someone else. It does not come from God. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but what has he given us instead? Power, love, and a sound mind. Peace of mind. And he's saying that to a young pastor, most scholars believe he was about 30 years old, that, that Paul had put him in place of the, the church at Ephesus. It was about 4,000 people at the time. And, and, and he was being really, really timid instead of being courageous. And Paul says, I'm, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear that doesn't come from him. There's a spirit that is, that is battling you right now It doesn't come from him. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. That's why we call this series Warrior, because there's some fights we got to fight. There's some battles that need to be won, that there's some acreage in your life that a spirit of fear is trying to keep you from occupying, some areas a destiny, a purpose that God created you for. And unless we choose courage, we won't fulfill that plan that God has for us. And we may be warriors, but we'll be warriors with regrets. Because when the battle line was drawn in our lives, instead of courage to move forward, our cowardice kept us back. What courageous step do you need to take? For some, we got a big step coming up next week, and that's water baptism. Water baptism. Jesus gave us the example to be baptized in water. His parents didn't make the choice for him. He chose it himself. It's impossible for a parent to choose for a child to be baptized. There's nowhere in the Bible you see even one example of that. It's not in the Bible anywhere. Jesus chose for himself. And then he commanded every one of his followers to be likewise, be baptized as well. So he gave us a commandment, and he gave us an example. Jesus was baptized when he was 30 years old. He made that choice for himself. In fact, you can read the story in the Gospels when he went down into the Jordan River, total immersion, by the way. He went down into the river, just like we'll have total immersion on on next Sunday at our baptism service. He went down into the river. John the Baptist said, how can I baptize you, Lord? You should baptize me. Tried to talk him out of it. But Jesus had decided so strongly, so clearly. He's like, no, I need to do this to fulfill all righteousness, to fulfill the plan that God has. He chose to be baptized. Have you chosen to be baptized? I'm not saying your parents chose. For, did you, have you chosen to follow Jesus' example and his commandment to be baptized? Why, why is this such a big deal, Greg? This is a really big deal. And I'll show you why. The scripture says, we go to the next slide there, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, a little hard to read there, but uh, let me see. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. In other words, there is no such thing as a secret agent Christian. That there's no such thing as like, I'm a secret Christian. And water baptism throughout history over 2,000 years has been the sign of, if you will, demarcation. The, the sign of defining someone. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. That's why we don't go into your house and do it in the bathtub, you know, while you have a, a bathing suit on or something like that. It's a public thing. More than wearing a cross, more than a bumper sticker, more, more, more than something hanging from your rearview mirror, more, more than any, even attending church water baptism. If you've not been baptized since placing your faith in Jesus Christ, I encourage you, take that step of faith. Don't let fear keep you from all that God has for you. It's a huge step. One of the things that we'll say is when when we baptize, buried with Christ in baptism, we have a tank right up here. We'll give you a t-shirt, big logo on it, valley logo. We have a class ahead of time at five o'clock. And then we just reenact, buried with Christ in baptism. We're identifying with Jesus' death and burial, raised to walk in newness of life. Aren't you glad he rose from the dead? We don't hold you down under the water there. We already have almost 20 people that are going to be baptized this Sunday. And I'm sure this number is going to go up higher and higher and higher. You know why? Because I'm calling out the fear that's keeping you from the destiny God has created you for. Take that step. Be baptized. Just like Jesus gave an example to follow and a commandment for you and I to obey. So many times people are like, well, maybe I was baptized when I was like, you know, six or seven or something like that. Maybe I should get rebaptized." No, you don't have to. It took. It took. I was baptized when I was nine years old. And I can remember that so vividly. I was baptized in a pool, actually, because our church at the time didn't own any property, so we had to do it in a swimming pool. And I was baptized with about 10 other people. I was nine years old. I've got all kinds of degrees in theology and all kinds. I didn't have to get baptized every degree that I got, you know. It's just God filled that experience fuller and fuller and fuller each time. The more that I learned, the more that I understood. So, so maybe that's your courageous step that you need to take is baptism. Maybe it's something else. God's speaking to you right now. I'm confident of that. And so I encourage you, just take the next step and be a warrior for him. Three claps. Three claps. Three claps. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you're stirring something deep inside of us that you're stirring in our hearts, Lord, that, Lord, every one of us wants to be a warrior, wants to release that warrior inside of us, to be strong, to be fearless for you. But, Father, we recognize our fear holds us back so often. And so, Father, today we just choose courage, courage to do what you're instructing us to do, courage to be who you've created us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let me bless you with a blessing that's recorded for us on the pages of Scripture. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you, Valley family. Have a great day.